The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Good to see you back to the second part of my conversation with Rainer Stampfer. He's president Asia-Pacific for the magnificent Four Season Resorts. And we're going to continue to discuss the travel sector, the leisure sector, and how to gain our trust back as customers that we can really feel relaxed in the long term when we go on holiday. But I'm very, very proud of Four Seasons, of our teams, and how we all have worked together through this crisis. Welcome to the Mentor TV podcast and stay curious with Patricia Falco-Becali. A couple of tendencies that we heard, at least here in Europe, is of course staycation, where people just say, you know, I'm not going to travel. But I think this kind of staycation idea might go away the moment, as you were saying, you know, the vaccine is there and, and people are just starting to build up the confidence and basically just the pent up demand and need to just go and escape your wonderful reality as it may be on a day to day basis. But to, to fly over to Asia, sit on a beach and see, you know, amazing nature, be it, you know, uh, flora or fauna. Now, uh, again, KPMG, they, they came through and said, well, the main drivers in the future of turnover in the sector is, you know, that value for your money, maybe the luxury sector is a little bit out of, outside of that bracket, but still, you know, there might be a little bit of a tendency in terms of the actual industry. Value for money, the ease of buying, and that is something, Rainer, you were just saying, you know, technology, we have to be close to our customers because we are all over the world and they come from all over the world. Technology is key that will stay and also the brand trust. So I think we really um, got that out and um, it seems that Four Seasons is definitely on the spot when it comes to that. Now, you as a manager, I want to ask you, Rainer, how difficult was it really in this kind of crisis situation to A, communicate the crisis throughout your team and there are hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of employees of, um, you know, of the Four Seasons in Asia Pacific alone, be it, you know, whoever runs the resort down to whoever is doing a wonderful gardening job, by the way, for what I've seen in various resorts. How difficult was it to just say, okay, this is a crisis, this is how we deal with it, and to keep the staff motivated and also potentially come back if they had to close the doors, if you had to close the doors for a while? Right. Uh, it's actually just in Asia Pacific, well over 10,000 Four Seasons employees. Wow. <laughs> I will um, buy a few zeros. <laughs> what's yeah, what's yeah. that between friends? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, and, and, and not to be misinterpreted, but it hasn't been so difficult. 
if anything, A, everybody relatively quickly understood that nobody's been singled out. Uh, very few need to pity themselves because we're globally affected. And uh, misery looks for company. Uh, and, and while we rather would not, but the reality is it's affected us all over the world. And we know that our friends, our colleagues uh, within Four Seasons and elsewhere are more or less facing the same issues. And, and that, I think, makes it easier for, for people in, in general to accept, to adopt, and to try and find the best way out. Beyond that, and, and we will never get tired, I will never get tired of, of, of saying that our employees are our greatest asset. And I know it sounds cliche, and I know everybody uh, has that on the, on the first page of their, of their company statement. But again, clearly in hospitality, I think it's pretty obvious that this is the case. Within four seasons, that's, what, that's our DNA. That's what the companies build upon. Uh, since uh, Isidore Sharp, our founder and, and, and chairman, uh, started the company in 1961 in Toronto, uh, we built it on the golden rule, do upon others as, as you would like for them to do upon you. Again, uh, one needs to, to, to really get down to that key message to say, what does that mean for me and, and the way I go about business? What does that mean for me and the way I look after our, our guests and, and customers and, and, and patrons? But I firmly believe that's a, if not the key asset of Four Seasons. That's what we're all about. Our people carry that in themselves. Uh, that's very much the attitude that matters for us. And... Right, because when you think about it in our business, the individual tasks that we're, uh, that we're dealing with are not all that difficult. Bringing them together, truly caring for people, and then creating experiences. That's what our business is about. Yeah. And so coming together in a crisis, uh, while we rather would not be in it, I think it's, it's in a way a strength of our people it's, it's heartwarming to see how understanding they are, how they accept sacrifices, how they help together, how they look, and, and how we look out for one another. And uh, it's hard to describe that. It's something you kind of have to, have to feel. But I'm very, very proud of Four Seasons, of our teams, and how we all have worked together through this crisis. So again, coming back, that aspect hasn't been all that difficult. Let me quickly interrupt the conversation to say thank you that you are here with me on the channel. If you do enjoy what I'm putting out, the in-depth kind of conversations, then why don't you subscribe and also hit the bell button so I can keep you informed with our newest releases. Thanks for that in advance. And let's get back to the conversation. You know, you, you mentioned experience and me as a regular customer of your brand, of your houses. What I always got as a feeling is that 
it really is a home away from home. And I always had the feeling, you know, yeah, of course you care, deeply care about your customer. But I always thought, okay, it took me once to tell whoever was there for me uh, in terms of the stuff. I just had to tell them once how I like my eggs or what I need in terms of my condiments and the way I eat. And they sussed it out. And next time I didn't have to order it anymore and everything would be there. And so this uh, feeling of home away from home is something very special and the kind of energy that it is genuine. It's not just, okay, this is a customer, it's making money, but really, and that is that feeling that you were saying is, is difficult to transmit perhaps through the wires right now that you get in very few houses, especially if they're big. I mean, you get that, for example, in Como, in Vela d'Este, in Chernobyl. Okay, you go in and they know your name and they know exactly when you were there last. And, and, and there is always a story that somehow greets you when you re-enter the house and you go like, okay, fine. Yeah, I know why I'm coming back over and over again. And really, this kind of experience continues to then develop also the, the customer retention, the, 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 the stickiness and, you know, the, the loyalty, quite frankly, to the house, to the brand. It's... it's key, you know, you mentioned uh, Chernobyl and Biladeste. I would claim that everything that you just described is what, what luxury hospitality is about. And so if you take that one step further, while they're great hotels of the size of 800 and 1,000 and 1,500 rooms, I think by nature, and, and I'm always very careful as to how you define luxury, means something different for everyone, but, but we're typically speaking of, of uh, upmarket hospitality, top market, whichever you want to look at it. But, but ultimately, our hotels are typically, there are exceptions, but typically between two and 300 rooms. Uh, there is a limit to how many customers you can truly look after, know their names, know what matters to them. And frankly, in, these, in this day and age, technology helps but nothing replaces that personal interaction. What I remember about you and that I care to say, how can I on occasion surprise you, but more importantly, how can I make sure I deliver consistently yeah. what, what makes you come back, what matters to you? You call it the home away from home, which I think in, in many ways describes it very well. We, we often like to say that probably very few of our customers have as many helpers at home. Okay, that to, was not... <laughs> to, to be looked after in the way that... Tell me. <laughs> not at all. Got my entourage around me. Not at all. No, but you know... That, that, no, no, no. And, and, you, know and me, I, you know me feeling. Yeah. I, I understood that and, and I take that in a favorable <laughs> way. But we're sometimes seeing, right, people also want to get away from home. And again, whenever somebody defines it as home away from home, we take that as a great compliment knowing that there are certain dimensions that we will never achieve and on others where I think we can overcompensate. Yeah, thank you very much for pointing that out. It could be misunderstood. And what I really meant is kind of like, okay, you know me, I'm coming and I'm not just Absolutely. a number or a digit or a profit target, but I am, you know, Patricia Falco Becali uh, with whoever I'm coming and you know it and you're starting to know me and what I like and you cater for it fantastically. Uh, Rainer, last question. Uh, I would like to ask you, you know, my current series is called COVID-19 from crisis to creation. Tell us the three big creations you think that this pandemic will bring, let's say, not necessarily only on the Four Seasons hotels, but, you know, on the leisure business. What do you think that we need to really adjust to? 
One, and, and I don't know, I mean, we, we adjust to all of it, but clearly a, a strong trend we've seen globally, but I would say even more so in Asia, is the, the relevance for us as a brand. And I'm not sure that that uh, answers precisely what, uh, what you're looking for, but what we've seen is this massive trend and the importance of food and beverage, of our restaurants and bars. To the extent that we've seen an interest during lockdowns that uh, customers ordered in or ordered out, I should say, that uh, we created food and beverage experiences uh, despite the limited accessibility or the difficulties that have been created by distancing, by uh, reducing the number of customers we're permitted to have in a restaurant. But that whole interest in food, in healthy food, in even though it's fallen a bit by the wayside, but I would like to bring that in there by the sustainability of this business, which is key for us. And it's, it's something the world talks about in the same context. You know, it's a lot about greenwashing and, and, and what companies claim to do and what they're really doing. But... For us, it was also a moment of reflection and where we've wanted to make sure we continue to work on that whole sustainability aspect to a very, very, excuse me, to a very relevant extent. Uh, I think that's not going to go away. That's something that we will continue to strongly focus on in general terms, but specifically uh, around the food and beverage business and and restaurant and bars. I, I see that as a key trend. I mentioned earlier the, the remote everything. And clearly that is something that is to stay, that we're adapting on, that we're trying to be creative about uh, beyond just adapting uh, the way we communicate with you uh, during this, the decision-making phase as you may be browsing at home and, and looking as to where you travel and what experience you're looking for through the entire uh, travel uh, per se. And once you return back home, and, and as we say, right, we're very much about the experiences, we're very much about the memories that we build and that you hopefully relive time and again. And how we are able through technology to stay a lot more close to you through that whole process without, I, I casually say that, without overdoing it, right? We, we, we want to make sure we leave a customer all the space that one needs and yet to be there wherever we, we, we can be of help. I, I see that as, as, as another key factor. Thirdly, we are looking very much about the ratios of resort experiences or pleasure combination of business with leisure in more open spaces in, in urban destinations, particularly, and that we've seen as a key trend as everybody asks, who is going back to the office? Will offices have to look completely differently in the future? To what extent if people work in certain hubs, are these hubs in hotels? To what extent are we entertaining this side of the business and where people perhaps from a business perspective travel less, 
but for a, a more extended period of time. How do we adjust our spaces, our services? How can we create value in the context? But of course, as a business benefit from this trend, that's another a dimension, I believe, that will, will keep us occupied for, for years to come. Yeah, I know I said it was the last question, but I'm still intrigued. Uh, what is your perfect idea of a holiday and relaxation? If you think about what you do together with your family, I know it's a perfect, uh, it's, a, it's a personal question, but you know, you being in the business, always having been in the business uh, from the onset, what would you say? What is your ideal vacation? So personally, while, uh, while my family and I we always get excited about a, a few days in Bali or in the Maldives and, and doing a little less, but generally we're a very active family. Uh, we, we do like cultural experiences. We're probably a family who would relatively quickly go back to a city location with perhaps a bit of, a, a, again, a resort character that I was just describing. But we're very happy to be back in... In, in an urban area where you uh, can be very active uh, during a holiday. Uh, that, for me, is a, is a good part of relaxation. Uh, and while I love reading a book and sitting by the pool for a few hours, uh, I'm also just as happy to uh, experience food, to see what's culturally relevant, where we are, to meet people, right? And, and we see that as well, that as as, as People travel, they want to be with the locals. They don't want to feel like they're in the bubble. I'm very much one of them. And that is, uh, is crucial for me uh, when I go on a vacation as well. Yeah, absolutely. The mix of things. Absolutely. The, the beach and the pools are wonderful, but you want to get into the culture, be it the food culture, the real culture, because right. that is about exploring the world, especially if you if you are staying at a place that is a certain brand and always more or less in a different setting, of course, gives you the same kind of feel, but you want to get those, those mixes in as well. I totally agree with you. Rainer. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for making yourself available. I mean, it is a really interesting, not to say the least interesting, if not difficult, but also positive time, I guess, in many, many ways for your industry. And I wish you all the best. So thank you so much. Patricia, th thank you for having me, right? Again, hospitality surely is in, in the eye of the storm, but we're looking ahead as we get out of this. I enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for the time. Thank you. And thank you very much, my dear Mentory TV community. I hope you enjoyed as much as me and Rainer, as we were just saying, our conversation. And uh, yeah, stay with us for the next show. See you then. Bye. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa one to get that information. I answer audience questions and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts.